Good morning. Uh, if we have not met yet, my name is Kyle Davies. I'm the lead pastor here of Generations Church. Happy one year. Can we give God, uh, I mean, just like, I, I didn't cry first service. I cried a little bit during worship and second. I, just so many surreal emotions because as I look across this room, we are a people, we are everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. That is who we are. That is what we are about and what we aim to do. This morning, we're going to continue in our series called Focus. Last week, we looked at the first two pieces and parts of that vision, being everyday people committed to expanding God's family. Today, we're going to look at the second half of that, about being Jesus' people for generations to come. About being Jesus' people for generations to come. And that is our focus. Let me get my notes situated here. Got, got all excited, got them out of order. After first, you know, it's got, got a little wild in here. You know, so we're, we're going to get a little turned up this morning, too. I hope you've already felt that a little bit. See, there was a time when no one had ever been to the North Pole before. For years, explorers had dreamed of being that first to arrive at the top of the world, a place as alluring and as foreign as an unexplored planet. Mapmakers knew about the pole. It was the spot on the globe where all the time zones of the world mysteriously converged. But no one knew what it was like. And so Lieutenant George DeLong set out with a crew in 1870 on the USS Jeanette in hopes of claiming the North Pole for the United States. Author Hampton Sides has recorded the story of this expedition in his marvelous book, In the Kingdom of Ice. Sides' account shows that DeLong's plans were based on an idea of what the pole was like and how one could get there. The prevailing thought by the cartographers of the day was this open polar sea. Sides explains this idea of the open polar sea. The weather wasn't especially cold at the North Pole, or so it was thought to be, at least not in the summer. On the contrary, the dome of the world was covered in shallow, warm, ice-free sea, whose waters could be smoothly sailed as much as one might sail across the Caribbean. Cartographers were so sure of the existence that they routinely depicted it on their maps, often labeling the top of the globe or the map, matter-of-factly, Open Polar Sea. Sides depicts grandiose visions of economic prosperity bolstered by the idea of this Open Polar Sea. Those who financed these expeditions wanted the sea to exist. They had hoped to profit from its discovery. Stories were told and crews were formed under the banner of noble exploration. Unfortunately, every previous expedition that had sailed north in search of this open polar sea had run into one problem. Ice. So when DeLong and his crew searched for this thermal portal to get through the ice, they did not find such a portal. He began to doubt his theory. And as their journey continued, DeLong and his crew came to grips with their unfounded romance through running up against the rocks of reality. And in this case, 
those rocks came in the form of hardened ice. In September 1879, the USS Jeanette got trapped in an ice pack. As the ship was stuck adrift and later crushed, DeLong and his crew escaped. Some survived to tell the story. Others continued their lonely trek through the ice. DeLong was later found dead in the snow by one of the survivors. The story of the USS Jeanette is inspiring yet tragic, both thrilling and sad. We admire the courage of DeLong and his crew on a quest to know and to tell the world of an open polar sea, but we also pity them because they were wrong. The map they had of the North Pole, their idea of what the world was like up there was wrong. Disastrously so. And in the end, they planned an expedition and staked their lives on something that turned out to be false. The mythical map they trusted cost them everything. Trevin Wax, in his book, This Is Our Time, used DeLong's journey to illustrate just as we use maps or GPS navigation to travel to a destination, we also have maps in our minds about where we are going in life or what the point of everything is or what we need to make us truly happy and fulfilled. That is why we sometimes describe events or seasons of life as being mapped out. We turn to the language of maps because we see our lives as a journey, as a story. You even heard John say some of that this morning. We we think of ourselves in terms of a story with a beginning and an end. We see ourselves en route towards a destination, pursuing joy, contentment, and trying to figure out what it looks like to live life well. But what happens when we pick up the wrong map for our journey through life? What happens when, like the men in DeLong's expedition, our map is mythical, and it fails to do justice to the way the world truly is? See, our culture sells us faulty, fantastical maps of the good life that paint an alluring picture and draw us towards them with every sheet hoisted. Get behind this idea. Get behind this cause and we do so without thinking about it because these maps work on our imagination and our affections in this world of faulty maps and in this world of faulty maps there is a god who makes himself known to us in jesus one year ago i stood up and shared this very illustration and this point that we are navigating and trying to navigate a world that is trying to sell us faulty maps. And in the midst of this crazy, chaotic world, there is a God who makes himself known to us. And our whole goal for Generation Church is to make getting to know this God our focus. This is who we are and what we are about. i got to be real. I talked about this map analogy and navigating life, and I had no idea that 2020 was coming. (laughs) <laughs> right? I, I, I mean, I mean, it just let, let's just be honest for a second. In the midst of just what was an unprecedented and an unparalleled year, Generations Church is here today celebrating a one-year birthday. I had no idea what it was going to be look like to, to navigate 2020 as a young church plant. And the same words that drove the point of that story ring true. 
What I share then and what I share today is while this single day is exciting, it's only exciting as a life well lived. Our journey is not finished. While we celebrate today, while we are joyful, while, we just, while I look around this room and see so many different people of backgrounds, walks of life, and experiences connecting with the church and ultimately connecting with Jesus, while we celebrate that our journey, our task is not yet finished. This must go on for generations to come. And the only way that we've been able to navigate 2020 the way that we have is because the people here, the everyday person, has remained committed to Jesus. It's committed to Jesus. That is what our focus is. That is what we celebrate. That you, people who you've watched your world swept out from underneath you, you watch chaos ensue. You've questioned, maybe the very same question that the psalmist asked, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God, where are you? Have you forgotten about us? As I look around, where are you? Have you forgot about me? God says I haven't. He promises it in his word. That he has not forgotten about you, and in fact, he proved it to you because of Jesus. That's why Jesus is our wife, because he proved that he has not forgotten about you, that he has not abandoned you, that he has not forsaken you because of Jesus and what he has done for you. Because it was on a dark day 2,000 years ago that Jesus Christ hung on a cross and uttered those words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And on that dark day, darkness did not have the final say. Darkness did not have the final say because Jesus laid down his life for you, was buried in a grave, and was resurrected victoriously. And we have the hope of his return. And it's that good news, that hope, that fulfilled promise that we continue to return to at Generation Church again and again, that I invite you to and I, I call you to today. Because God has been faithful. God's provision and commitment to be who he said he was and who he is and who he's leading us to be has been proven. We have seen it over this last year. We packed 10,000 meals with 200 people in this very room almost a year ago to feed families and kids in our community. We donated over 25 Thanksgiving baskets full of food to families in need. We've seen people take hundreds of next steps throughout the year in their faith journeys, asking questions what it looks like to follow Jesus in their everyday life. We've seen people surrendered their life to Jesus to get baptized. We've said people who have never set foot in a church because they thought the ceiling was going to fall in decide Generations is a church that I want to be a part of because I have found a faith family that accepts me, that loves me, that lets me know that I am not alone and I have not been forgotten. And if you are here today and you feel alone or forgotten, know that you have a faith family here who says we love you because God has loved us. And that's why we do what we do. Because as we've navigated COVID, tried to figure out our way through this year, we've gone from just trying to survive to thrive. We've seen our ops team, our, our core leaders, have over 500 spiritual conversations with people in our community. I'm sweating a little bit because I'm getting excited. I probably need to put the math on. Yeah, just because we're, it. we have seen people learn that they are loved and they are valued. 
through people here, not just on a Sunday, but on a Tuesday afternoon when they're just punching a clock and they're like, I just can't wait to get home. And someone steps into their world and says, hey, you're loved. You're not alone. You've got a team of people who are rooting for you and praying for you, and you might not even know that. And some of you today who have set foot in this room for the very first time, you may not even know this, but there have been people who've been praying and pouring out their hearts and their lives for you because they love you, because God has so loved us. And we want to do this and say welcome to the family because we're not a perfect people, but we serve a perfect Savior. We serve a God who loves us and has laid down his life for us. So welcome to the club. I don't even know if you know this yet, but welcome. Welcome. And we want you to be a part of this journey that continues on. That's why we took 650 baskets to people in our community on Easter. That's why we're getting ready to do something again for Halloween. These little blue buckets, I wish I would have brought one. These little orange buckets that are going to be loaded with candy to just give to people who have requested to say, hey, we know that your kids and your family may love to go get candy for Halloween, and maybe because of COVID and just the circumstances of life, you are unsure. Well, guess what? We're a people that doesn't wait for you to come to us. We're a people that goes to you. And we want to be a people who are every day expanding God's family together because of Jesus. For that is who we are because of who he is. In a world where chaos rages, and it seems like we can't be surprised if one more thing goes off the rails. I know that's a little bit dangerous to say, because 2020 is not yet over. But in a world that says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Have you forgotten about us? We can confidently say, we're going to give praise in the great assembly because of you. We're going to be obedient to you. We're going we're to be humble and serve you. And we're going to praise you because of who you are and what you have done. And we know that the, the circumstances and culture around us may rage and be unsure. But we have confidence of a fulfilled promise that generations to come will know the name of the Lord and what he has done. And we know this is true, not because of our genius, not because of our strategy, not because we're perfect and we have it all together. I appreciate Peggy laughing with me because this is this, like, we, like we're, who could have predicted? If I would have designed a map for this year, it would have not been this way. But the only way that we can navigate through this chaos is an unwilling resolve and a focus on Jesus. And making our why be because of Jesus. When our feet hit the floor, when we decide what we're going to do that day, it's, we're thinking, how do we be Jesus people? How do we live out his character and priorities? And we can do that because of God's faithfulness. And we know that generations to come will know the name of the Lord and what he has done. And so while today, again, is a, just a day of great celebration, we celebrate not because of what we have done, but what God has done through us. Because of the everyday person, we can remain focused on expanding God's family, letting others know that when their souls cry out, they haven't been forgotten. And so Generations Church, may we remain committed to this cause. And let us not leave our excitement here for this one hour on Sunday morning. But to 
tomorrow, when you go into the places where you live, work, and play, would you allow that excitement and that joy and that sense of purpose trickle in to where you go? Because we are a sent people because Jesus has, because God has sent his son, Jesus, for us. So let's take it out into the world. So let me just ask a few questions. Who do you know that feels alone or forgotten? Who do you know that feels alone or forgotten? How could you make room in your life for them this week? And at the end of the day, what's your motivation for doing so? You probably have every reason in the book to feel selfish, to circle the wagons, to protect, to think about what you might lose in the midst of this. But what's your motivation? For Generations Church, it says it right there in our vision. We do what we do because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Jesus is our why. And so if we hope, we want to be Jesus people. And so today, if you feel alone or forgotten, maybe you stepped in today not knowing what to expect or what to get, Maybe you just had a tough week and you just, maybe I'll give this a try. You've come to the right place. You're not alone. We have people who want to walk beside you. If you need help learning what it looks like to make room in your life for God and for others, you've come to the right place because we're learning right alongside with you. We are in this journey together to let people know that their story matters. And that they are invited to be a part of God's story. Your story matters and you are invited to be a part of God's story that goes on for generations to come. Long after we die and are buried in the ground, the name of Jesus will go on. The word will be proclaimed and more and more people will come to know the name of the Lord. And we can be confident of that. So we can give our lives to it. So I want to invite you on a journey with us as we see how a life relying on the Lord, as verses 4 and 5 of Psalm 22 say, affects our daily lives. And again, here's the cool thing. Keep saying this, and maybe someone will believe me actually. Like, you, you legitimately don't have to be perfect. You don't have to know what it looks like to follow Jesus perfectly. Just journey with us. Take a chance. Because some of you have been living by a certain map today. You had your plans, you had your will, you had your way, you had the way you thought your year was going to go, and it's got way off course. You've hit the ice, metaphorically, and for whatever reason, you are here. And we want to propose a map of life that is the most compelling and realistic of any worldview you have encountered. And so, to do that, we're going to go on a journey together. Through the next, like we did last year, we went through the book of Colossians. This year, we're going to take time to go through the book of Mark to learn what it looks like to listen and respond to Jesus, which means we're going to be putting out resources throughout the week to help you learn how to live a life of faith, that you don't have to know all the fancy church words or, or know like how to speak a certain language. Even if you, you listen to some of the songs, you're like, I have no clue what that word means. It's okay. It's okay. We will help you on that journey, not to make you more like us, but to be more who God has called you to be, where you live, work, and play. And so we're going to journey through Mark together with a focus 
on listening and responding to Jesus. For we are a bunch of everyday people who are committed to expanding God's family together because of Jesus for generations to come. So let's go. Let's be Jesus people. Let's let the world know where we live, work, and play that their story matters and see strangers become neighbors and neighbors become family. And when strangers become neighbors and neighbors become family, God's family is expanded and his name goes out for generations to come. God, you are good. And I just take a moment to pray right now. I'm just going to ask that everybody in the room just kind of quiet their souls for a moment. God, we, we've been pumped up. We've been singing. We've been dancing. God, and we come to you right now. You've been present here. You've said that, that the humble will eat and be satisfied. You've promised that generations to come will know the name of the Lord. God, we pray that that starts today with us right now. God, would you just overwhelm and overcome our fears? Would you eliminate any guilt that we have in our hearts? God, if we, if we right now feel like our past is too difficult or too shameful, would you let us know that you still have a plan and purpose for us? God, that you're not done with us. God, we move, work. We need you. Help us be a people that help others join your family. Help us to be a people that are wise because of your son, Jesus. Help us to live and love well. Help us to remain focused on you. Guide us, direct us. Thank you for your promises and that you will do that, that you are faithful to who you say you are. Thank you for that, because it's in Jesus' mighty name that I pray. Amen.